We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Oh, how the heck are you, my friends? Welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. It's me, it's me, it's CVV, Chris Fanfleet. Great to have you with us here. And so great to have my friend Dylan Postel back on the show. Of course, you know him better from his time in WWE as Hornswoggle. And it's been a while. It's been three plus years. I mean, I think the last time that Hornswoggle was on the show was in the first year of the podcast, which was 2019. So a lot of catching up to do here. And I guess one of the biggest things is he has a new podcast. It's called Going Postal. You can check that out wherever you're listening to this right now. So when this episode's done, go give it a listen there. And snap a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this. Let us know what you think of it. And tag us. Dylan is at Dylan Postal. I am at Chris Fanfleet. And shout out to my man, Homebryonics, who left this review on Apple Podcasts. It says, Chris has an amazing ability to create a comfort zone so early on in his interviews that the good stuff flows early and easily. He is a pro's pro. Well, that is awfully kind. So thank you very much for that. And you know that you know the drill here. I read one review from Apple Podcasts on every single episode. So if you haven't left a review, go in there, leave a few words. Or if you have left a review, go back in, click on that write a review thing in Apple Podcasts and add a few words, take away a few words, add an emoji, whatever it is. It refreshes it to the top and then we'll read it out here. That's all it takes. All right, let's dive into this. Please welcome Dylan Postel, a.k.a. Hornswoggle. Dylan, it's always so good to see you. I know. I know it is. And and, and now <laughs> you asked me if I'm coming out to L.A. or Vegas, and I was like so excited. I was like, oh, man. Oh, I don't have anything out there coming up. I could have sat in a hot seat in front of a, like a cool set. And now it's just me in my office in front of my own wrestling figures and a fake cruiserweight title that I had to get on WWEshop.com. You had to buy your own title? Yes. No. But I have a one-of-one Hornswoggle McMahon nameplate on it. Wow. Which I don't care about the title then at that point. Sure. Uh, Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those cool things that that I, I received 
from the, when I was there and no one else has that, which is pretty cool. cool. And it was only used like a handful of times on that's, TV. That's yeah. cool. Look, I would have preferred to do this in person. I think there's so much better in person. The last interview that we did in person, I've seen you a bunch of times since, but the last interview yeah. we did in person, we were crawling into the ring together. I was, I was going to your, your home. It was no in, we were in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and then we shot this little like intro thing of like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. now I remember. Okay, was that uh, one of the Mania weekends? It was. Uh, it was Gangrel's show. It was Gangrel's show. That's what it was. But that was all. That was it's a lot of oh my god jogging here. Wow. Yeah, I'm I completely. I knew we did it at a show, but I couldn't think of the life of me what show it was at. So that that so, makes perfect sense though. What what's your most prized possession here behind you? Is it is it the nameplate? Uh, man, you've got so many cool things. The WLC the WLC table. So I had immediately it's, it's shitty lighting in here. I'm very professional, you know. Uh but the WLC table, obviously it's like the coolest, the best match I've ever done and the best thing I've ever done in my career in the ring. Um and so immediately after the match, I had to the props department. I was like, hey, I need a piece of that table right mm. now. Mm. And uh, I got a piece of the table and I got it signed by everyone that was involved in the match. So probably that, um, that that's that. And then my book, uh, because that's like such a personal project of mine and such a uh, kind of a self-therapy so to speak, of just getting kind of everything out there, my story, which uh, is available right now on DylanPostle.com, of course. And uh, it's just, it's, the book was a project I never thought would have come came out. And for it to happen is a pretty cool thing. You're such an iconic character in the world of wrestling. And it's such an interesting thing because at a time when there were, you know, and still are larger than life characters, you stand out uh, among everybody else. And it's so interesting that your character, you know, while, while being a comedic character at times also had some really serious moments too. It, uh, it took a while for me to talk and that was like, but even without the talking, we yeah. still were able to pull off like the Vince's son stuff and the hospital stuff. And like when I was in the hospital and JBL still attacked me and all of that, the JBL attacking me in the cage match, it's just all that stuff. Uh, without talking and we still like were able to get emotion out of people uh thinking back on it is pretty pretty incredible so when you're growing up and you go man i want to be a pro wrestler who yeah. were you able to look at and go because they did it that means i can do it no one <laughs> <laughs> you're now that person I, for so many people man, uh, you know what i i hate to think of myself as that um because it's just a weird way to think. And it's just a weird, I don't know. I don't accept myself as that. Uh, but I, I mean, my favorite growing up, it's been told over and over again, was ultimate warrior. And obviously I, I don't have the same uh, body type as the ultimate warrior. So I didn't really, but I was like, man, that's pretty awesome. And, and that's what I wanted to do. And it was an instant thing. Um, what it's, it's kind of a full circle um moment the biggest one is wrestling figures got me into pro wrestling mm -hmm. my brother always played with these uh, the original series of hasbros 
uh, Andre Warrior, Hogan, Jake, Bossman. That's who we had. And then me being the little brother, I, of course, took those figures from him. And my parents that had to buy me separate ones as well. I didn't know what these were. I just thought they were my brother's cool toys. And so he then showed me what they were from. And this is professional wrestling. And I was hooked, immediately hooked. And I've been hooked ever since. But at what point did you think, like, this is actually something I, I could do? From that day. From wow. that day, I was like, that's all I want to do. People want to be superheroes. People want to be firefighters or police officers or pro football players. I just wanted to be a pro wrestler. And like it was like one of those things where my family would, okay, all right. It's not going to like, again, I don't have the body type of a pro wrestler. So it was kind of like just tongue in cheek. Yeah, that's going to happen, Dylan. And then I found a training school around the area and started doing that after backyard wrestling. And then I started taking it a little more seriously, obviously. And they were supportive of it um, until I dropped out of college to do it and, uh, and, and that. But then they were still like, hey, just do, you know, whatever. He's, a, he's still a young kid. Do your thing. And then I made it to WWE and it was one of those, oh, he, he accomplished this. Yeah. That's uh, incredible. And they were never un- like not supportive, but they were just, I shouldn't have made it. I say all the time I shouldn't have made it. I shouldn't have. Like, that's not, I'm not the typical hire for WWE. It was a specific role that they needed me for that. It's crazy. And that I lasted for so long is, is nuts to me because it was, they told me it was, this this could be six months when they first hired me and it somehow lasted just under 10 years, which is, which is incredible. And thinking that is now seven years ago is even more nuts that I still like, man, it's, it's just, it's crazy. The whole, I've been this year, August, I've been wrestling for 20 years. Wow. 20 years. That's all. That's, that's more than half of my life. Like it's nuts. It's crazy. Do you remember the reaction when you walked into the wrestling school for the very first time? Like did, did anybody take you seriously? There there wasn't a school. We just trained before shows. We, we put up the ring and we, we trained before shows and then for like two hours. And then we, helped on the show and that was it there was no i i never went to a school like that's why i run my school my school now uh in for acw wisconsin in oshkosh and it's like man this is great we get to train two three times a week every week and before shows and like whenever essentially the ring is there whenever they want Mm. go do your thing get better um but we did an hour maybe two hours before the monthly show. So it was once a month we trained <laughs> once a month. Yeah, that was it. That was literally, that was it. So like, it's, it's crazy to think how things happen. Um, but it was, it was, it was kind of like when I walked in, uh, Ken Anderson never treated me different. He never treated me like, uh, he had to be easy on me. And I flat out told him, I said, I don't want to be trained as a midget wrestler. We get the pass. I'm the one saying it. We're good. <laughs> um, I don't want to be trained as that. I don't want to bite ass and do the ref spot and this. Needless to say, 
now 2023 Dylan is loving doing those things because it's way easier on my body. But it's it's uh he didn't so he trained me like he trained everyone else, bumping me around, slamming me around, and with the issues with my back as a child. I didn't care about it. I had major back surgery when I was a child that the first surgery paralyzed me uh, from the waist down for six months. And then the second one, they fused my spine and said no trampolines and no contact sports. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I never listened to them. Uh, but it's one of those things where I, I, I just don't care. I, my body is my body. And it's in 2003, when I started, all I cared about was doing all I could to be a pro wrestler. So you've got a great setup here. We've talked about the things behind you, but your mic setup, the headphones, is because you're a fellow podcaster. So I am. I'm a fellow let's, podcaster. Let's put, this, let's put this all out there right now for anybody that's listening to this. Yeah. You can listen to Dylan's uh, podcast, Going Postal, which is available everywhere. And also subscribe on YouTube. Uh, yeah. So about six months, I think. I'm horrible with dates. Uh, about six months ago, the Major Brothers from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, uh, Brian Myers and Matt Cardona, I will not refer to him as the number one indie wrestler in the world. I will never say that, ever. What about the Michael me. Jordan of uh, figure collecting? Nope. nope. You won't? Okay. I can't be nice to him. Like that's just <laughs> It makes each other sick if we're nice to each other. Um, uh, Brian, greatest human out there. Matt. Great guy. He's out there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But um, so they approached me about doing a show for their Patreon. And George Feast, who is a friend of their podcast and also hosts a uh, a podcast of his own called the Game Marks Pod. He was going to produce it for me and kind of steer me in the direction, which I need to be steered quite a bit. Um, And then I was like, hey, I would love to get this to the masses doing it for the patreon is great but i want to i want i want to expand this and make this as big as we can so about a month ago we decided hey we're going to take this public and the majors signed off on it and they are we're on their network uh, along with all of their other projects and it's also available on my youtube youtube.com slash dylan postal but it's like it's a fun look at my life my career and everything in between, um, as well as we switch, kind of we're switching off. Like one week we'll do a uh, just hey, uh, the topic at hand is this. Let's talk about it about my life or my career. And then every two weeks we're only doing it uh, every other week. There's so much content out there, and so many podcasts, and so much stuff. We wanted to give people a little bit of a break to listen to other things as well, and then pop in for ours and then listen to others and then pop in for ours. So we're doing every other week. And then, but we're switching between the normal sit down with me and talking about stuff in my career. And then the next one will be an interview. So the next episode is a sit down with Ethan page, who has become just a friend of mine and you've known him forever as well. And he's, it was such a fun, very like, non-wrestling non-sit-down wrestling interview yeah that's and uh, they're fun and they're called small I, I named them small talk because they were supposed to be very quick conversations like i have them on my youtube channel i had renee paquette on and nicole cabana 
Bill Beretta from the Muppets. And I had Wee Man on, who was like a childhood hero of mine, obviously. And these are supposed to be quick conversations. Yeah. But they turn into lengthy interviews. And it's not the usual, where'd you get trained? How'd you get hired? Yeah. How'd you think of this match? I wanted it to be different. So this one's like with Ethan Page, it's just two buddies hanging out, yeah, talking a little bit about wrestling and then talking about video games and talking about Sega and how much uh, and toys and just having fun. And that's what I wanted. And the stuff with Wee Man, when I interviewed him, his connection to this year's WrestleMania, which mm. was absolutely incredible. The stuff with that Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn did last year at WrestleMania. So to, to hear about his involvement on that was pretty awesome. I I saw Johnny Knoxville on Sunday at the Critics' Choice Awards, and I said, yeah. you're the best match at WrestleMania. Ah, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. he It was incredible. Like, it was. I love celebrity matches at WrestleMania or whenever because they're going to go one of two ways. They're <laughs> going to be real good. Yeah. Or not quite good. Like, but last year... Logan Paul killed it. Crushed it. Bad Bad Bunny has just been killing it. Bad Pat Bunny McAfee. has set the bar now. That that is the bar for celebrity matches. I I think McAfee overtook him. I do. McAfee has just blown it out of the water. But Logan Paul did amazing. And then Knoxville, who yes, he does these stunts and that, but that's that's different. It's yeah. very different doing a stunt than sitting and letting your buddies do another stunt. And then this was. It was so fun. And so if you watched that match and didn't have a smile on your face during it, there's something wrong with you. I completely agree. Yeah. I feel like you're someone whose music could hit at any point in time and it would be believable for you to be coming back. So like the Royal Rumble's just around the corner here. It. I feel like if your music hit, we'd go, of course, Hornswoggle. <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn it. He took a number and everyone's all mad because they have that number in their draft pool at home. And obviously I'm not going to win. Um, that, uh, stuff like that makes me feel good. Um, when I did the greatest Royal rumble, when I had involvement in the women's Royal rumble a few years ago, all of that stuff kind of, it, it just, it makes me feel good. And it makes me feel like, ah, oh, they remember. And, um, it's, doing conventions and doing wrestling shows still and being as active as I still am. Yeah. It's just, it's fun that people remember and it's that they come up to me. Hey, remember when you did this? Yeah. Or, Hey, you remember when you did this? I didn't do that. And like this podcast, recording the podcast with George going postal, he brings up things that I did that I have no recollection of me doing. And then he'll send me a picture and I'll go, I did do that. That's like right. What? I did. What, what's I something did that you didn't remember? Today, I just realized I wrestled John Heater from Napoleon Dynamite. And then I remember him kicking me in the throat in that match extremely hard. And then apologizing frantically after the match. So up until this day, I completely forgot. That's I, unbelievable. I forgot uh, that I fought Napoleon Dynamite with, with the Generation X, mind you. I teamed with the Generation X. <laughs> Against Jericho, Big Show, and Napoleon Dynamite. I, I have no recollection of that until it got put in my mind today. I haven't that thought photo about that. should be hanging on your wall now. <laughs> that's that's one that should be on the wall. Come on. Yeah, it's uh it's one of those things where but it goes like, man, that stuff happens so fast. Like the I think about the 30th anniversary of Raw 
is next Monday. Yeah. I was in five segments at the 15th anniversary, like five full segments. Cause it was the, during the Vince's son stuff that night alone, I was the opening segment when they did the, the family photo shoot and the closing shot was me pouring beer on Vince. And so like that, I remember like that stuff I remember, but I don't like uh, wrestling Runjan sing or that kind of thing. I, I remember doing it, but I don't, I, I don't know when it was like, my memory is just awful. It's just not there. And I, I wish I, I wish I had Tyson kids memory because he reminds me of things I did more than I remind myself. You, you messaged me before this interview and you said like, yeah. please remind me the morning of I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah. I a terrible memory. I put stuff in my phone and I'll literally put a reminder. I've realized I'm a 36 year old elderly man i really am i write notes in my kitchen to look at stuff that i've written for in my office today. Oh, come on. this is real life i write i write no notifications on my phone every day for like a to-do list or hey this needs to get done or hey this email needs to be sent hey you have to record today uh you have to twitch tonight i twitch every monday and every wednesday I should know this by now. I still put it in my phone because I still need to go. Because otherwise I know it'll be nine, 10 o'clock at night. And I'm like, getting ready for bed. Oh, I didn't twitch. Oh, that. Okay. It's just, man, I just, I, but I've never, I've always had such a crap memory. That's just my life. And I've realized it's just my life. My son, my son loves it because he just has a laugh. He just has a laugh about it. And that's another thing that's like, through the new podcast, he uh, he's become a thing of his uh, a character of his own. Landon has become like this beloved human, even like to the masses, not just to people that know him, know him. He had we had we did an episode all and he co-hosted. It was for the Patreon, but we're going to we're going to make it public soon. Yeah. And uh, but he he co-hosted and just not buried me, but was like. It was so fun how he just took off and took away the whole episode. He stole the show on the episode and uh, he's just, he's the best. And he, uh, he's, he's gaining a following of his own, which is incredible for a 13 year old kid to have. Yeah. At, at what age did he become taller than dad? Oh man. <laughs> Nine. Oh, I've wow. literally looked at, and now he's taller than my dad. Oh, he's, he is enormous, enormous. I look at him and I go, I, I like he last year alone. And now he's at the point birthdays aren't just wrestling figures and Legos. Birthdays are now Legos and wrestling figures and Jordans mm. or, and uh, Nikes or mm. like, shoot. He's in that stage. The problem is last year he went through three shoe sizes. So now it's like, oh no, this is awful. I can't just trade these in. Yeah. Like, uh, but it's, he, he used, he saved his money for his first pair of Jordans and he got to be bought them on his own. And he's off to the, now he's off to the races. Cause now my friends support it. Yeah. People on Twitch support it. Like, Hey, would you, what's the next pair? What's the next pair? What are you going to get next? And he's like, see, See, I gotta get another pair. I can't just have this one for this outfit. 
no, you, I just, I've never been a shoe guy, but it's the thing nowadays. And I get it. I get why it is. But for a 13 year old, yeah. it blows my mind. Cause I was into wrestling and video games at 13 and he is into shoes, wrestling and video games. Mm, that's a dangerous yeah. mix. Oh, it's, it's oh, a rabbit man. hole. It's a rabbit hole. I never thought we'd be going down. You know, you mentioned Ethan Page and uh, you had what would have been the largest pop in the history of Impact Wrestling. It was during the pandemic, though, when you came out as the okay. nominal Say yeah. J Styles. Is that what we were calling uh, it? AJ Swoggle. AJ Swoggle. Say J Swoggle. Was that it? I think it was just AJ. I think AJ, it was okay. nominal AJ Swoggle. Yep. When Get yep. Ready to Fly hit, I went, no way. And then you so. <laughs> and then they went no way <laughs> um that's one of those things in recent memory that people talk about so much and we talk about it on the interview coming up actually we go kind of in depth into it and it was just he was kind of on his way out of impact uh and i was there for a few and so he it, it was cool for both of us to kind of be able to do that because we're good friends and we're such good friends and we're such good friends that during the match i'm calling him julian by his real name and then we get to the back and hawkins uh, brian myers goes you realize you called him julian i go no <laughs> yep and it got it stayed in the show which is also mind-blowing but it's just man the the aj swoggle was such a fun thing that it just came kind of out of because scott Scott Demore saw a side-by-side -side of me and AJ Styles and he popped for it. And so like, yeah. oh, we need you to be AJ Swaggle, of course. Okay, sure. And it was, it was, it still stays with me to this day, which is great. If, if there was a crowd there, that would have been the loudest pop and impact. <laughs> because, and then the loudest air wind <laughs> out of the sails. <laughs> no, it would have turned from a pop into like laughter, but like. Yeah, that's, it's that's such an iconic goal. theme song, especially for Impact. Like that's one of the most iconic theme songs in Impact. I didn't realize like what it what his song was until I heard it, and I go, "Oh yeah, I know this song for sure." Of course, like, it's it's it, yes for for it's easily one of the most known, if not the most known, Impact theme of all time. That and I think Samoa Joe are like one yeah. or two. Yep. Yep. You throw Jarrett in there. I think Jarrett's is pretty up there too. But yeah, yeah. it's uh it's crazy how how much that's kind of stayed with me. Was there any talk of you going into the Hall of Fame with DX? Was it even a mention? No. <sighs> <laughs> and it's one of those things like I I get it. I do. Uh I was the mascot. I was always known as the mascot. Um people didn't view me as such. But I knew it and I, I, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I never like to think about that because if it never were to happen, I can only be let down mm. rather than if for a crazy reason it does happen, it's the coolest surprise ever. Um, but I never, I never think about that. People ask me all the time and all oh, that they say it to me all the time, but it's like, I, I don't like thinking that way. And at this point now it's like, it would just be cool for my son. Like I, I have so much now where it's just like, 
I want to do fun things that I can bring him along to as well. Like that's all I care about nowadays. And that's, uh, Hey, when can I get a AIW booking in Cleveland so we can go to this hall of fame or we can go to the pro football hall of fame or the rock hall again and just get spaghetti pizza again. And just like fun things that he can do along with me that at this point in my career, that's what I really enjoy is, is him coming along for the ride. But I feel like it's easy to make a case for Hornswoggle going into the Hall of Fame on your own. You said it. I can never, <laughs> I literally, I can't bring myself to ever talk that way. I can't. Mm. Um, I don't. Chris, I've never been one to believe in myself. I've never been one to, still... uh, uh, oh, now more than ever. Wow. With the back surgery last year and the back surgery the year before, now more than ever. Uh, nah, never. I don't, I don't. Self-confidence in when it comes to wrestling has never been there ever. Um, and I, I don't, I, I see what I've done and I hear what I've done, but I still don't view it as big deals. I don't view as, Hey, that was something big. Um, I know, again, I know I like for people of my stature, they didn't have lengthy careers in WWE. And I get that, but that still doesn't hit me because I still go, oh, well, this guy had a longer one. Oh, well, this guy had this, this guy had a way more of an impact. So I just, I don't you, ever are think you comparing that yourself to Randy Orton and Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you're, you're correct in saying that. I just, I don't know, man. I don't ever view myself like that. I don't ever view myself like, Hey, it was, uh, I've done a lot. Cause I, I, but you I were part know. of some of the biggest storylines. You were the payoff on some of the biggest storylines of the ruthless aggression era. So like, that's ah. crazy too, that that's still considered the ruthless aggression era. Like what, what is, we, what is the era now? What would we consider the ooh, current era? What is it called? This is, I mean, that's a great question because I think it went, like, it's been the PG era for a long time. Right. But I, and I, I was there. So ruthless aggression into the PG era is when you were there. So we go new new generation to add. We'll look this up, but I I would call the current generation, and I think this is a pretty new thing. I would call it the Triple H generation, like when Vince was. We're out, naming it after a person. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. We can call it a. We can give it a much better name, but there is definitely a very defining line that someone drew in the oh, same yeah, when, yeah, 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 when yeah. Vince retired and Triple H took over. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm going to look up the HDH, the HD era, because that's when it went HD. Like, but I don't know. I don't, what would it be? I'm going to look right now. It's a good thing we have the internet at, uh, at our disposal here. Oh, I don't. Okay. This is, oh, I don't even, where do we, uh, where do we actually, okay. This is according to Wikipedia. Great. Trust that. Sure. They said I was dead and. They said I was dead once and dating Stacy Keebler. Oh my God. Neither are neither are true, I hope. I would go in every day and just make sure that that changes. Like, <laughs> yep, no, it's it's back again. Okay, this says ruthless aggression 2002 to 2008. 2008. And then it's oh boy, we gotta scroll a lot here. Oh, so much happened. Then they call the PG era 08 to 2014. Okay. Then Boy, so much scrolling here. Uh, then we've got the new era, which is 2016 to 2022. 
Okay. And then the Vince McMahon retirement era is what they're calling this. <laughs> 22 to present so i you know like i I called it the triple h era but yeah yeah yeah. no no you're right um so what was the one what was it called the the The, after the new era the pg era pg era okay i guess i wouldn't consider the ruthless aggression era to be that late but yeah yeah i guess man that's to be aggression was basically after Austin and Rock had kind of gone, you had know. Gone. The yeah. low man, there were some low years there for a bit too. Like <laughs> uh but it, it's it's uh yeah, that's crazy to think. It's and that's crazy that to be considered in that, which is mind blowing. Very, was, very mind blowing. Was the lore of, of your character ever explained? Like was it ever explained why you lived under the ring? No, no. <laughs> who, who came no, up? Uh, I, I, so I think, like, I don't know. I truly don't know because I know Finley had the idea uh, for the character in WCW, and then it never happened. And then in WWE, uh, it, it happened, obviously. And they tried out a few uh, little people for the character, including Jesse from Jesse as in Festus. And he's not a little person. He's just a little human, like a, a short human. Right? I, I had I would talk to Brad uh, Williams on the show, and we were talking about how ridiculous the term "little person" is. I fucking hate it. Sorry, bleep that. I fucking. It's hate quite it. all right. I hate it. I hate that. I hate dwarf. That's why I say midget. Midget makes me money. There's no little person wrestling or dwarf wrestling. There's midget wrestling. That's how we know what what i do that's and that's that's truly how i person sounds a lot more derogatory to me i think dwarf sounds real weird Mm. like is that because of snow white did they ruin it yeah you view them as as seven people with different colored hats and one's kind of off like that's how you view it let's be honest here we're like we're not we're not these myths why aren't we called leprechauns if we're talking like these mythical creature why like, it's just stupid to me i just and i i don't take myself seriously where that's why i think the term midget doesn't bother me i've heard it all my life my dad still won't say it and he i still like whenever i see it i see a skin crawl but it's like it's one of those things that i'm okay with it it's like i don't, it wasn't I don't Vince, care like man. we can't say midget he, anytime whoa he can Kevin Dunn on headset. I was underneath the ring and I could always hear the conversations between everyone. Everyone. The producers in the back, Kevin Dunn in the truck, Vince in the back. Whenever he had to like say a specific direction, I was like on this headset. I loved it. And I was like, oh, I get to hear a lot of things. Yeah. So uh Kevin Dunn's like, uh, Vince, we need to figure out how to get the midget back to the back. God damn it, Kevin. We don't use that word. He's a little person. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Vince. Sorry. And it was like apology after apology after apology. And they apologized to me too. It's like, I don't care. What about calling you by your name? <laughs> like, we got to find I a way don't, to get Dylan. I don't think Kevin Dunn knew my name until probably like a year in. <laughs> We're being <laughs> honest with ourselves. Um, like, yeah. But it was one of those things where he, Vince, I never liked the name 
never that word ever liked the word but as far as like living under the ring i don't know i don't i don't know where that came from it was just like i had this whole idea of when i got hired for this character i was going to come down with finley every week and then it was just nope you're under the ring and we will see you for eight seconds perfect even better great and on house shows you're going to be snuck under the ring and then we're going to see you for eight seconds perfect awesome but it was uh so like when i got to get a real entrance uh wrestlemania 24 was like the first time i got a real real entrance and when i came back for finley and jbl and so that was one of those things where i was like oh man i get to actually see a crowd and this and come down a ramp for once this is great so it was it was, it was cool and and but yeah, I don't know. It started as little bastard, and then they quickly realized we Which can't. That's that... mind blowing to me. I have three pieces of merch. I have a card that I got graded uh, because it's the only card out there. It's in a program, and I think it's on a promo photo as little bastard. My, it's so crazy. You like little how they bastard. thought we're gonna put this this character that children may like and enjoy. And if we make toys out of him or any merch, we're going to put Little Bastard on it. And then I think they quickly realized that that's not going to work. and That's not going to fly. We can't put that at Toys R Us. And it was just like, okay, one day it's Hornswoggle. Great. Done. Like, did you just show up to work one day and they were like, you got a new name? Yeah. It was at, I think it was right before No Way Out. That they were like, yep, you're getting a name. It's Hornswoggle. And I go, great. Sweet. (laughs) Yeah, so there's like there's like random autographs out there in programs as little bastard, and it's uh it's like a it's just weird to see. And so when I got that, I found this card that's only it was like a European card trading card. It's like, yep, I need that, and I need to get it wow. graded because it's the only one I've seen two out there. And so. any of the signings, has anyone asked you to sign little bastard? Oh yeah, all the time, <laughs> all the time. And it's but it's like I I don't care. Sure. If, you're putting cash in my kid's bank account. I'll sign anything. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You seem like you're the most agreeable wrestler. Like I feel like <laughs> any storyline <laughs> could be pitched to you and you're like, sounds good. So it was kind of funny. Like I always laughed during WWE stuff at times because it was like, how are we going to get out of this one? Here comes Hornswoggle. It was like, <laughs> we need someone to work with a guest host. Here's Hornswoggle. It's like every, every, but the guest host stuff was so much fun. My bar downstairs in my basement, I built a bar and it's just signed stuff from the guest host era. Like every week, That's I would just cool. be like, hey, what can I get Bob Barker to sign? Oh, Happy Gilmore. There's a random thing. Mike yeah. Tyson's going to sign the hangover, but just like fun stuff. That I feel I would. What did want. Betty White sign? Betty White signed a Golden Girls DVD set. So good. Of course, of course. Wow. Uh, Floyd Mayweather gloves and Mike Tyson gloves down there. Ozzy Osbourne. I have a, a vinyl from him. That's I got a vinyl cool. from my dad too, which is like mind blowing to my dad. It's like it was. It always was like, what are we going to go back on? Oh, Hornswoggle's here. Let's have him be the answer. Fine by me. I like I don't care. I you're you're putting me on television, on worldwide television. How dumb of it. I how dumb would I have been to be like, not gonna work for me, boss. Nope, not gonna work. I May Young gave birth to me as the New Year's baby. I dressed as a cow, like <laughs> shit I didn't want to necessarily do. But then I sit back and I go, I'm on worldwide television. Yeah getting paid to do a, my dream job from when I was four years old. Life could be a lot worse. Like, again, I don't take myself seriously. Although that's where an ego comes from. I don't, I just, it is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't care enough about how I'm viewed. It doesn't matter to me. When you were, you know, revealed as the raw anonymous raw general manager. Oh, that, that was a fart in church. Or, <laughs> or when you were, uh, you know, revealed to be Vince's son, it kind of felt yeah. like that was their way of going, JK, we were just kidding. Like, uh, we weren't even serious about this one. So the Vince's son thing, definitely, I swear, it was it was Ken, Ken Kennedy. For sure. Yeah. And, for and sure. Ken has Ken. told me that many times. For sure. Um, so it was that. And then he got himself into some trouble. And... I was like, oh, I'm the son. And I still remember to this day being told. And I did not believe it. And it was, man, that's the craziest. The Vince's son era for me was the craziest time in my career. Like just twice a week working side by side with Vince on bullshit. Like nuts, nuts. Absolutely crazy. And then the Raw GM thing. So uh, Freddie Prince Jr. used to be a writer, as we know. And he hosted promo class with Vince. And I was like in the third group of promo class, the third class. And I had this pitch to Vince that I would be like the general manager of SmackDown. I would take Teddy Long's job. And he had me do this promo on Big Show in the class. And I was like, oh, that was fun. And then he, there was the idea for the Raw GM thing to be revealed. And this was a couple months later, but then it was like, Hey, you're going to be the GM. They called me on a Sunday 
and they said, we need you to learn a New Jersey accent and you're going to be big Nick from New Jersey. And it goes down in history as the worst, like, uh, not tryout, but run through of a promo in my, in history, Hawkins and Kofi were sitting in the stands, my two best friends, and they were sitting in the stands watching me try to do a New Jersey accent on the mic over and over and over, and it just didn't work. And finally, Kevin Dunn says over the thing, yep, all right, we'll give it a break. And it all got thrown away. It was going to be a big heel turn for me, running the show and all that. And it just was like, oh, yeah, he's the GM. We're doing nothing with it. I didn't realize there was more to yeah. this. Oh, there was, it was going to be. Why did you need a New turn. Jersey accent? I don't know. Why, I don't know why I needed a New Jersey accent, but I was going to be Big Nick from New Jersey. My wife is uh, is from Jersey. I could have her pop in here and judge your Jersey accent. Nope, we're good. I will never do another New Jersey accent in my life again. That It like haunts me to this day. Uh, and Kofi does an accent of Dylan doing a New Jersey accent still to this day. And it, it, it makes like my blood boiled from how angry I get about that day. And I was like, man, I tried it and I tried it and I tried it. And I just couldn't do it. I was going to, so it was like, yep, we're going to rewrite this and just have Santino and Jerry Lawler pull you from under the ring. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a completely different <laughs> storyline. <laughs> completely different. And then it went nowhere. There was nothing else to it then. Wow. When you were doing the Vince, uh, Vince's son yeah. storyline, what was the, what was the first actual conversation you had with Vince? It was after I was actually, no, I was on headset. So it was in green Bay. Uh, it was three 30 in the afternoon and Bruce Pritchard comes up to me and says, Hey, uh, you got a second? I said, sure. He goes, give me your phone. I go, uh, excuse me. He goes, give me your phone. Okay. I give him my phone. He goes, you're going to, you're the son. And I go, uh, what? He goes, you're the son. I go, okay. He goes, so, cause everyone was doing rehearsal around the ring for that segment, for the final segment of raw, where they're going through the roster and kind of kicking everyone out of the ring and all that. And it yeah. gets down to Hunter and Sandman. And they had to, that's the best part is Sandman's like one of the last ones in the ring. And they had to like find a way to get him out of there uh, on the show. And then they there's a moment from that that goes viral all the time where Vince is like, if you're not Caucasian, leave the room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, so many of those things just get swept under the rug and like, yeah. like forgotten about, obviously. <laughs> um, but then as everyone was leaving, rehearsal was done, and Bruce goes, Okay, I need to know where your bag is in the locker room. I go, why? He goes, because you're going under the ring right now until. And I was like, it's 330. Nobody knew. No, literally, I get under there and Kevin Dunn gets on headset with me and he goes, hey, uh, Vince, will talk to you about what you're going to do. Vince went over it on headset, the whole segment. And Vince said, please stay off headset until we ask, ask for you again. Because they didn't want any producers, nothing Mm. to know. And no, or no one to hear me over the headset talking. And I was like, so I'm changing underneath the ring and I had my cruiserweight title in my bag. And I go, oh, do I come out with it? Oh no. What do I do? 
what do I do? Oh no. And I'm like freaking out. Yeah. And I go, Kevin, Kevin Dunn, Kevin, God damn it. We told you to be quiet. What's up? And I go, uh, uh, I just need to know if I'm supposed to bring my cruiserweight title out. Vince, God damn it. That's a great question. I was like, I fucking won. <laughs> yeah. Fucking thanks won. dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, he goes, yeah, for sure. Because we have one of the things is holding gold. And I was like, oh, why didn't I think of that? I almost got in trouble the first day. Done. And it was like, man. So before the show, before I went under the ring, I asked Bruce, hey, can I call uh, can I can I call one person to and get them tickets for tonight? And he goes, Yep. I said, you can literally stand right here. So I called my dad and I said, Hey, can you and grandpa come to the show tonight? I cannot tell you why. Just please come tonight. He goes, Yep, we'll be there. Oh, wow. And I was like, they got a front row tickets. And my grandpa and my dad, my two biggest supporters were front row for easily the biggest night of my life. Wow. Your your dad is front row for you to meet your real dad. He's <laughs> joking. And like, after that, a bunch of his buddies texted him like, huh, something you need to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> was there was more payoff for that storyline? Like the GM? No, it was kind of like, I didn't know where it was going. Like I, then I, I hear later uh, through something to wrestle, it was supposed to be Vince and Finley at mania that year. And Vince was like, mm, I'm not feeling that anymore. And went with Bradshaw and Finley. But can you imagine if it would have been Finley and Vince at mania? Like how e- that, that storyline would have been even bigger, like even more television yeah. time on every show. So, man, I just, I think about it. And like I said about the, it was the 15th anniversary of Raw, like five segments for me, like just for me. And then the cage match with Vince. And I'm one of like, there aren't many people that have pinned Vince. And I'm one of them, which is bonkers. Like, it's crazy to me. No, we don't talk about that. We don't say that in my presence. It's like Bruno, like the Disney movie, you know, we don't, we don't talk about it. Your your career's been amazing, and uh, it has. I, it, it really, really has. It it really has. Yeah. I was when I was uh, when I had Brad Williams on the show. He was talking about like, oh, have you had Swoggle on the show? I'm like, of course I've had Swoggle on the show. And I'm like, you know Swoggle? He's like, we all know each other. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so it's funny because that's a that's a real thing. Like literally, I just uh, messaged him on Twitter one time because he he put a tweet out there like, I'm sick of being called you. Or like me, like he, he he was sick of being called Hornswoggle, and I said that that's funny because I get Wee Man or Peter Dinklage all the time. Mm. Have and you met fuck, Dinklage? Fuck Peter Dinklage. Oh, um, fuck Peter. He came out about the the Disney Snow White thing about how uh, you know we needed to they shouldn't be dwarves and fuck Peter Dinklage, piece of shit. I just irritate. I went on a whole thing about that. I know. <laughs> I didn't realize it was this serious though. It is, man. You can't you're you're trying to take roles away from people from people like me that don't get movie roles. Like yeah. I would kill for a role like that. And you're trying to take it away. Come on now. Uh but Brad Williams has been nothing but awesome. Like he's incredible and he's so funny and so relatable for me. And that I I've I was such a fan of him. And then he came to the comedy club around me and I went to see him and it was so fun and so funny. 
And like his jokes just hit different for me, obviously, because it was like, oh, that happens to me all the time. Oh, that happens to me. Yeah. Oh, this is me. And it's just we've uh, we've developed a very, very awesome friendship literally through social media. And that's the power of social media, which yeah. also is crazy to me. What do you think is the biggest thing from his act that you go? Hey, thank you. I'm so glad someone's talking about this. Uh, I think the one that stands out is the when he goes, you can never be upset when a midget walks into a room. Ah. Like, he's just like, it's never like, oh, midget's here. It's a, oh, oh, look at him. There's one of them. And now, it, but like, I even have that same reaction because believe it or not, in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, there aren't a lot of people like me. Uh, so when I see one at Target, I go, someone like me and i always want to do like the doink spot with them and i just walk up to him and it just kind of freaks him out but it, it's it's one of those things where landon i remember the first time landon saw another little person he was like it just looked like what is what is that like what it's kind of like you but i've never seen another person like you dad and he goes dad it's a guy like you and i go oh like a caucasian man you know i mean like you and i go oh a little person he goes yeah we saw another one and i was <laughs> but to, like again i guess i didn't he was so young i guess i didn't realize yeah he just view he views me as just dad not sure. as dad that's little yeah because he was i mean he's five years old and pretty much looking me in the eye at that point already but it's it's one of those things where it's just it's it's crazy to see life through his eyes about me and man uh like it's never been dad's little it's always just been ah oh, that's just how he is which is kind of cool too and like so respectful or respectable see, the interesting him. thing about when you're growing up in in the house that you grew up in is you think that every other house functions the way that your house functions that yep. everybody you know eats dinner at this time mom and dad look like this or mom and mom or dad and dad whatever it happens to be you just assume like this is life this is normal every dad goes in the ring in tight pants and gets <laughs> thrown around by other men in tight pants that's just it's just life right it's just normal life to every kid in oshkosh wisconsin <laughs> There's a specific spot I want to ask you about uh, with Ken Kennedy. WrestleMania 23 yep. it gives you the Green Bay plunge off the ladder. That so painful for both of you. It was it was it was special to me because again Ken trained me. He got me my job in WWE. He put his name out there for me, and uh, so to be able to like have a spot with him, it was originally supposed to be a power bomb <clears throat> off the ladder, like me up like four or five rungs, and he was just gonna power bomb me off of it. And I kept looking backwards and I was like, man, I'm going to get hurt. So everyone's kind of going over the match. This was uh, every WrestleMania back then. They had uh, like a convention room that they would put a couple of rings in so guys could go over their matches for Mania and, and kind of go through them the whole week prior. So we had our meeting and everyone else is sitting down in these chairs kind of talking over the rest of the match. And at one point, I just hear... I we're at Ken and I are on the ladders and I have an idea for him to do it. And I see, I feel him. He picks me up and all I feel are eyes on us and fit going, this is going to be good. And then <laughs> we have the crash pad there and he goes, you want to do it? I said, let's just do it. And he does it in the practice ring 
and we do it and I'm safe. And Finley goes, yep, that's the spot. Let's do that. And I was awesome. Even better. And it's one of the most, like, it looks disgusting yes. on that in that match. And I've realized why, because we're not, I, it felt like we were so much higher than we really are. We're only like four or five rungs up. But it You're felt like, like the so height much. of the top rope, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's not that high. But because I'm so small and he's not small, it yeah. looks like he just destroys me. So it's it's the spot that it's probably the most talked about spot in my career, for sure. It, I just I also can't think of him doing that. Like he's just diving onto his head with a human on his back. He but he would do that off the middle rope. So it wasn't that much higher. Sure. Yeah. But still, he, he like, I had, I had trust in him to not hurt me. And to, it was, it's funny on the, on, if you watch it back, uh, if you watch the match back, you can see he gives it to me and then he checks on me. And <laughs> during the match, he goes, you okay? I said, yeah, buddy, I'm good. And then I go back, right back to selling. And I'm just like laughing at that point because I was just like, man, I just did this in front of 70,000 people with the guy that trained me in a WrestleMania that I should never have been at. Like, I was never at a WrestleMania period, much less in the ring at one. You need to start changing your thinking around all this. Nah! You have earned all of this. Okay? <laughs> I know. You've I know. earned it all. But it's, uh, yeah, but I no, I don't I don't believe that way because it was right place at the right time, man. That's I life, didn't right hundred percent, a hundred percent. But I didn't go through developmental. I didn't go through OVW at the time or FCW at the time or Deep South at the time. I didn't do that. I literally got hired off the street for a role that it could have went to anyone. So that's why I just have man everything. Nine times out of 10, if it happened in my career, to me, it was right place, right time. And you're right. It, it's that's, that's life. But I just, I don't think of it as earning. I don't I know. I can't, a, I can't, I can't, I can't. I, I right can't. Attitude. Like you have the right attitude. Like, like I was saying before, like, I feel like you've yeah. never said no to any pitch. You're just like, yeah, sounds great. I'm, I'm in. If it's not going to hurt me, I don't care. I, I truly don't care. Like I, I, I'll do whatever, man. It's, it's again. It's on the biggest stage that anyone could ask for. Yeah. I would be dumb. I would be dumb to say no. What's the wildest thing that's happened underneath the ring? I fell asleep. I talk about it in my book, uh, Life is Short and So Am I. I, I. I fell asleep overseas. There was a six-man tag match. It was Finley, Big Daddy V, and Kali against Undertaker, Kane, and Batista. So a very heavy match going on above me. Uh, it was an over, overseas tour, international tour. I was very sleepy. was very tired. Just tired from the night before. I didn't got, get a lot of sleep the night before. Went to bed late. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. Uh, I was not overserved. Um, and I like they put me under the ring at intermission. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And I just fell asleep and I woke up to Finley opening the curtain and yelling at me. Hey, hey. And then he finally goes like, I'm not waking up. And he sees me face down. He thought one of the ring things knocked me out. Oh. So he goes, what? And I go, hey, man, 
He goes, come on. And I go, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Because I knew I had a spot with Undertaker who was waiting above me. Yeah. He rolls me in and Taker's laying down. And we'd always did this thing where Taker would be laying down. I'd walk up to him and he'd sit up, scare the shit out of me. And like either just goozle me or choke slam me off his knee, something. But now he throws fit, throws me in. I go the whole time walking up to Undertaker and going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> we get the spot. We get to the back. He goes, where were you? I said, I was sleeping. He goes, where were you? I said, I was sleeping. He goes, holy shit. And he just walks off and I go, I'm, I'm dead. I'm, I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm done. This is it. It's been a good run. It's been a good two years at that point. Did a lot of fun things, but I'm done. And he just couldn't believe it. And so I, uh, I graced him with a bottle of brown liquid as a apology gift. And we sat on the bus that night and indulged in that and played cards. And he was just like, he goes, I, I can't believe that you fall, fell asleep with that much weight going on above you. Like, I just, the ring wasn't loud to me after a while. It just, it, Probably why I need probably why I need my hearing aid at the time nowadays. (laughs) But um, it's just it's it's it was just normal. Like I would sleep under there. The the opening pyro for the shows would wake me up. I could hear what was going on in the matches above me just by the bumps and the crowd reactions and that. Uh, Tony Chimmel, he would be ringside, and I would mess with him because I could see out through the curtain through the. uh, the ring skirt but he couldn't see me mm. so boogeyman would come out and i'd be under the ring and i'd just start shooting worms at Chimmel from under the ring or i would take his bell hammer the lights would go out and i would scoot out and i would take his bell hammer and i would scoot back in or i would tie his microphone around the chair it, when it was when it went black i would mess with him so much from under there it was just it was such a way to pass the time him and i became so close and still to this day he's such a good friend of mine and he's he did so much during his time there that people don't realize it wasn't just ring announcing it was he's he was in charge of the ring setup and the staging setup and all that for years he did gear he brought the jackets in his first kind of run there it just he's the best chimmel is will go down to me as like one of the top unsung heroes yeah, and Ever. it's like just so unceremoniously, like uh, you know, yeah. given his like, hey, all right, thanks, thanks for everything. See you later. Yeah, so yeah it's a bummer. Easy to me. Yeah. What was the main way that they got you down to the ring? Uh, if the arena couldn't go black, I would go out before the show. Like on a house show, I would go out before the show. Otherwise, we literally would just take a drape and put that over me and a bunch of uh, local, the local crew would circle me and then we just, the arena would go black. There would be a video on the screen. So everyone's watching the video and all these crew from the back, they're going and messing with the ring and I'd be in the center of them and I'd scoot under. Mm. Uh, Then we came out with the fat, with a option of one of the road cases. They would just put me in a road case, slide it down, turn it on its side. I'd scoot out. They'd roll it back. It was just, that was my, that was my favorite. Cause at least I didn't have to like worry about people seeing me at all. Yeah. Cause there were the people in the, in the entrance, but that's how they do it for undertaker. They, 
put him in hoodie and black pants and people around him and they just scoot him, scoot him down in the black in the dark. So it was like, but it was always cool, except those really long entrances at times where it'd be like, oh no, oh, that's a really far ways. But like uh the the women's Royal Rumble that I was a part of, it was in the baseball stadium. Yeah. So they had to golf cart me to uh, like around the stadium to the ring all in the dark and then me scoot from the the barrier underneath the ring in the dark and it was like but it was so cool i was like man this is like what justin bieber does when he has to scoot and like get hidden on stage i'm essentially justin bieber basically yeah guys are like twins (laughs) what's the main thing that you do to keep yourself preoccupied under there uh i would bring a psp when that was a thing that or i would just like i said i would just sleep i could man i could fall i the the opening pyro on on house shows the opening pyro or the opening announcements nine times out of ten would always it would always wake me up or that first bump in the match but then uh on tv days or pay-per-views there was always a monitor and a headset so i'd watch a show from under the ring which is and hear everything like opinions and the next step and the what the director's saying and all that so it's that was a cool way to hear kind of the business side of it. The stories you have are just amazing. This is why your Thank podcast you. is going to be so good. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun, guys. Um, it's going to be wrestling. It's going to be my life. It's going to be collecting. It's going to be interviews with my friends and people I look up to. Everyone. Uh, it's just going to be a really, really fun time. And I'm really, really excited. Available now. All over whatever podcast platform you use it's available right now as well as all the video versions are available on my youtube page youtube.com slash dylan postal as well as video diaries ethan page has been doing these video diaries for a while he's been on my butt for years to start doing it myself and i was like nope i'm not doing it i have so much fun doing it now it's such a blast and it's also like i feel it's a cool perspective literally visually because everything is shot up so it's literally looking up the whole time and it's just a fun way to see life through my eyes i guess um and i got the he was so good about it ethan was so good about it and he he always said he goes this is something that my kids can go that's why dad was gone that's -hmm. what he was doing and kind of to look back on it that's man like i said i always have my kid in mind now I always have him like, what can I do to make him laugh? Or, hey, what can I do for a memory for him? It's just about making memories nowadays. Well, wherever people are listening to this or watching this, they can find going postal. This has been so great. And look, I end every conversation talking about gratitude because it's such a big part of my life. Yeah. So, Dylan, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for as we sit here right now? My dad. uh, He is my absolute hero. Um, Your real dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not the one that retired and maybe coming back or not Finley, who was then revealed. That's another thing. Can we stop saying that Vince was my dad? He wasn't my dad. Mm. He was just an asshole that wanted to portray and give me a good life. So really, he was trying to do what was best for me because Finley didn't want me as a son, which is even more messed up. Mm. And we need to dig even more into hire me back just for that. Let's take, let's go to a back to little people's court. Why didn't Finley want me as the dad? Why did Vince want me as a son? I think there's a, something there that we need to get the, the, uh, the scoop on, but my gratitude wise, my real dad, uh, he is 
he has taught me everything I know in life, like about being a dad, about being frugal and smart with my money as an adult. Because when you get hired at 19, 20 to a job where you're making more than you ever thought you would make in any job, you spend it like an asshole at times. And so now he he had to sit down with me a few years ago and, hey, this ain't going to last forever. And I had my kid on the way and it was it was a talk I needed. Um, but he's always been a hero of mine. Uh, grateful for my town. And that's a very random thing. <laughs> Oshkosh, Wisconsin keeps me grounded. Um, I never found all of my travels. I never found a place I'd want to live more than Oshkosh. And this is just, it's a small town and I love it here. Hawkins calls me the mayor of Oshkosh because it's such a small town, but I love it, man. I, I can't do big cities. I'm just, they're, they're just not for me. Uh, and the third thing would be for my son. I mentioned him a lot, especially lately, but he's just the best. He, the, the funny bonding things that we do and we literally can look at each other and just pop ourselves over reactions. The other day I just posted on Twitter. He was my newest thing is yelling to an Alexa and we don't own an Alexa, but he was cold the other night. So I said, Alexa, turn the heat up. Cause dad, this isn't working. I said, Alexa, turn the goddamn heat up. Cause dad, when is this going to stop? When is this going to stop? And he's saying this while in bed because he knows that I'm doing this just to pop myself. And I found out in parenting, the number one thing to do is just make yourself laugh because no matter how old your kid gets, at least you'll be laughing at your jokes. So it's just, it's funny things like that. And like last year, taking him to his first concert, uh, taking him to Machine Gun Kelly and it was awesome. And just being able to experience live entertainment. I sat back last year and I go, if there's something like live entertainment wise or something activity wise that he would enjoy, I can take that day off from a booking because that's where the memory is. Yeah. I'm making, I'm not making a memory with him going to horse cave, Kentucky. I'm making a memory, taking him to machine and Kelly or to this hall of fame or to this, or seeing his basketball game or his football game or helping coach baseball. When I know nothing about baseball besides, Hey, just run. And here's the lineup. Like, it's just fun things like that. Uh, that's, uh, I, I I say lately, man, I am so lucky to have everything I do work for the most part. And people enjoy the content I'm putting out there and see and hear that they're enjoying it really, really makes me feel good because I care about every project I do so much. This was so great. I'm so <laughs> glad we reconnected, man. Hell yeah, man. Perfect. Uh, Thanks for coming hey, on the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Guys, check it out. YouTube.com slash Dylan Postal. Going Postal on, in podcast form. And keep supporting Chris Van Vliet. He, yes, uh, thank you. He, no, for real. He he took a lot of chances on, on himself and on wrestling and wrestlers. And he did that because he loves everything about it. And it makes me happy to now see him on a really cool set with graphics and expensive-ass uh, monitors and that because he, he he's doing it, and it makes me so happy to see that. Thanks, man. That's, yeah, that's man. very kind. <laughs> there he is, the future Hall of Famer. 
I mean, I'm, I'm actually serious here. You could make a really strong case for Dylan going into the WWE Hall of Fame. I'd love to hear what you think about this. But he was part of some of the biggest storylines during the Ruthless Aggression and PG eras. Vince McMahon's son, a Ron, anonymous Raw General Manager, WLC. He was a Cruiserweight Champion, a member of DX. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Big thank you to Dylan for joining us here. Big thank you to you, of course, for being on this journey with us each and every episode. And now that this episode is almost done, go give his podcast a listen. It's called Going Postal. You can hear it wherever you're listening to this right now. And snap a screenshot. Let us know what you thought of this episode and tag us so we can reshare it. He is at Dylan Postal. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And Mel Robbins said it best. I get asked about this all the time. She said it best. Start before you're ready. Don't prepare. Begin. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.